Welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons, and I'm a master certified life coach and an energy healer. I'm joined today with Michelle Hallam. Michelle is an ACC Jungian coach specializing in empowering women through perimenopause and beyond. She's the creator of the Menopausing Club, a supportive community of women at all stages of the menopausal journey. Michelle, welcome. Thank you, Amy, for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I am too. I feel like I talk about perimenopause and menopause like every day. And at 41, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it's ever too early, but I'm just fascinated with it because I know it's, it's coming. Well, that, I mean, that is the truth of it, right? It's like, this is the one thing that we all know we're gonna, we're gonna pass through. So I think whatever age you're at, it's always good to start understanding a little bit more about it. Cause you know, the more information you have, the better equipped you are for when it does actually come along. Yeah. And it makes me kind of sad when I ask a woman about it and they're like, oh, it's hell. It's awful. I'm like, oh, dang, I want to be excited about it. And I I don't know what I'm looking at it as my first period again. And I don't know if that's I mean, I, I understand there's a lot of discomfort, pain even that comes along with this. But I personally have debilitating menstrual cramps every month. So it's not a lot of difference there. But I'm the kind of woman that my first mammogram, I was like stoked that day. I was telling everybody at the hospital, I'm like, today's my first mammogram. And it was so exciting. And, you know, it's just like, can we reclaim the excitement of something happening to our bodies again? Yeah, no, I I mean, there's definitely the light and dark side to the perimenopause for sure. But, you know, life is all about the light and dark, right? So I think perimenopause can be viewed as this really dark horrible time where you're losing your your fertile years and you know there's some kind of death of your womanhood whereas actually even though that is true to some extent there's also the the rebirth right there's the renewal there's the coming through the other side bigger better bolder brighter than you've ever been before and I think if you go into it looking at all of the the doom and gloom and not really focusing on what transformational experience it really can be for you, then obviously it's going to be a lot, lot harder than if you're going through it consciously, almost savoring, like you say, every part of it, knowing that you're, you're alive, you're alive. <laughs> I even celebrate my my menstrual cycle. I'm like, my body, look how gorgeous my body is functioning at a healthy level. Yay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna about it, but I'm also like, Hey, there are a lot of women in this world who may not experience healthy periods or healthy cycles in their body. And so I don't take that for granted. When you use the phrase death of womanhood, whoa, that's scary. I haven't heard that used by any woman. It's more like in the US, it's, I don't know if it's, this is maybe global, but it's the change (laughs) or something like that. And I, it might be different for me because I choose not to have children in this life. And so it's, I'm not looking at it as from that perspective, mm-hmm. from that lens, it's just like, okay, it's something for me. It's like, okay, my periods are going to go away one day. Mm-hmm. And there might be a lot of things associated with that. It could be emotional. It could be mental, but right for right now, it's like, okay, cool. What can I expect? That's really what I want to know what's coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a whole list of symptoms that 
I think when women generally think of the change, which, yeah, it's definitely one way to think of it. And I think it's, it's, it's a very nice way to think of it. However, like I said, I do, I do hear or see a lot of women that struggle with this idea that, that they're, they're getting old. Basically, it's that acceptance of getting old. And for women who kind of associate their fertility and their, their ability to have children even, as what they're useful for in society because I think there is a lot of messaging out there as well from the patriarchal society that that is what women are good for so therefore when we get to that age what are we good for anymore you know so I think women tend to think of the the physical stuff the hot flushes or the rest of it but actually there's a whole host of physical symptoms psychological symptoms plus the vasomotor symptoms, which are these kind of changes in temperature regulation. And I think the the most worrying thing for me is how similar these symptoms can look to other conditions. So women get misdiagnosed a lot with anxiety, with depression, with thyroid issues, which actually can accompany the perimenopause. It's not that they're not happening, but they might actually be part of the bigger picture of the perimenopause. So a lot of women go unsupported in in lots of ways because they're not identifying what really is happening with them. And that's really disempowering because if you're somebody who feels like suddenly you're you're anxious and you're depressed and you're you're feeling like you're going mad, Another thing I've not mentioned is the kind of brain fog, the loss of memory, the the difficulty getting words out, things like this. So a lot of women use that expression. I I thought I was going mad, you know, and without somebody going, no, 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 it's okay. This is perimenopause. And you can go, oh, you know, the symptoms don't necessarily go away, but suddenly you've got a name for it. You understand and there's context to it. And as soon as we've got t- context, women are amazing creatures. We go, okay, brilliant. What do I need to do? What, what's what's happening? I'm going to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, of course. Like we always exactly. do. Oh, Michelle, how terrifying and horrifying to feel that your purpose on this plane is going away with no longer being able to have children or, you know, when you, when you're losing, not losing, I don't like that word either. It's like your, your body is evolving and I would love to work with you and all the other women where to, to, again, reclaim, not again, not put a, not sugarcoat it. It's a, it's a difficult time. And to your point, I've heard a lot of women that have been diagnosed actually with like dementia. And it's like, yo, this is menopause. (laughs) Like, really? Like we need to do better. Um, mm-hmm. by women on that front. And, and um, as much as we can have these types of conversations to help women feel supported, to make sure that they don't feel that their, their value and their purpose is being diminished mm-hmm. simply by a biological evolution of their, of their body, their physical body. I want to do more of that. So thank you for, thank you for existing and doing the work that you're doing. What moves are you excited to be making in this space, both in your club and what are you up to? Tell me. Well, I've just started in the last 10 days documenting my own journey trying out HRT because I have been one of these women that for two years have been undiagnosed with uh, the perimenopause and not getting any medical support at all. And once I kind of connected the docs and found a doctor that was happy to support me, then 
we both decided that, you know, me trialing HRT was definitely an option for me because I get a lot of the psychological symptoms with the anxiety with the the changes in mood with the 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 fatigue I've just been fatigued for like two years which has been really exhausting I have got two young children they're like 10 and 7 I run my own business I'm trying to support other women you know I've got a partner I've got a house I've got you know I'm a I'm a normal normal inverted commas 44 year old woman and this has been the most challenging period of my life and to continue without any extra support just to say I've got a coach I've got a therapist I've got friends I've got you know all of my toolbox as a coach of of ways to work with my emotions and and the exercise I do and the healthy living that I live and all the rest of it and when all of those things are still not helping you to live the best way you want to live then for me the option to to kind of have some medical help with that is is where I wanted to go with this and I know that it can be potentially controversial it can be quite difficult to get your hands on, at least here in Europe. So I'm documenting my journey of taking the hormones to see what's happening with me so that women can actually see the reality of of trying this out for themselves. What is HRT? HRT is hormone replacement therapy. There's actually a brilliant book by Dr. Jen Gunter, who is a gynecologist and a feminist and she would rather it was called and she calls it in her book the menopause manifesto menopausal hormonal treatment because she feels and and I agree with her the hormone replacement therapy it sounds like we're deficient we're or we're, we're it's kind of is prerogative in some way right like we're failing in some way I actually prefer hormone optimizing treatment which is like hot which I think sounds much better <laughs> but well, it's, it's appropriate because Exactly. (laughs) You know, so, but you know, names aside, at the end of the day, I'm just basically taking, I've got estrogen patches that are a very, very low dose. It's lower than what the contraceptive pill is. Mm -hmm. And then for two weeks of my cycle, I have to take progesterone as well. And that's just to ensure that my uterus is completely protected. So I'm documenting this on Instagram, which, you know, the last few days have been tough they've been challenging I got my period and I really fell hard and that was the first day for me starting the hormone replacement therapy so to say that I've been emotionally challenged these last few days is it would be fairly accurate and I'm sharing that on Instagram and letting people see what it is because I just think the more this is hidden the more it's a taboo the less we've got it out in the public eye the more women feel the need to hide it, the more women suffer in silence and the more women are not seen for the beautiful creatures that they truly are, which are these kind of hormonal messes that sometimes need some goddamn support, you know? We're, we are, we are gorgeous, incredible creatures of this planet that provides life. And this is part of that life. And thank you for sharing your journey here too, and your vulnerabilities and and just sharing a little bit what's happening. Is the idea of hot, I'm going to reclaim it right here, is the idea of hot to phase your body into this rather than, or what is the, yeah, what's the goal? No. So basically around this time, uh, the perimenopause, your hormones are fluctuating at you know, they're they're just all over the place, basically, exactly. Mm -hmm. And little research is actually done to, to be able to explain all of this. 
or to be able to test it or to be able to monitor it. So, you know, tracking your own symptoms is key. And it's, you know, it's kind of old school, but it works as well. You can see what's going on with you. And the estrogen patches, I think, primarily are used for hot flushes and and these kinds of vasomotor symptoms. But actually, there's a couple of really good menopause specialists out there that start that they're on social media, they're starting to share their work, share their knowledge. And they're saying that actually, a lot of the psychological symptoms are seen to uh, be positively affected as well when you're taking estrogen. So there's this idea that the adding topping up your hormones is actually helping you regulate them. So instead of having these big kind of ups and downs and all the rest you're a bit more stable and as a woman who has suffered with PMT my whole life this makes so much sense to me because I can really feel into what's going on with me because it's so familiar but I used to have a pattern I used to have a regular you know at least two weeks of my cycle I knew that I was hormonal and crazy and and I had my my safeguards in place for dealing with that but now with the perimenopause, it's just like, that's just the the gloves are off. It's like, I don't know when it's going to hit. I don't know when I'm going to feel that way or or just the consistency of like constantly feeling quite low and down. And like I said, for me, the key, the key symptom that has just really pushed me to making this decision is the fatigue, because yeah. the fatigue for me is the thing that creates a lot of the other things. You know, I'm anxious and and feeling like I've got a low mood because I've got a full day ahead of me and I just do not have the energy to do it. And I've slept like eight hours solidly and had a really good night's sleep, yet I wake up feeling exhausted. And when I just think of the amount of women out there around this kind of what I would almost call your prime of life right. that are trying to go to work, you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough that I am self-employed and I can be flexible with my timetable. And But there's women out there that are, going into jobs where they do not have that privilege to do that. And they are fighting, I can imagine, every single day just to get through the day. And these are primarily the women that, you know, I'm I'm trying to reach, I'm trying to say to them, hey, look, you're not alone. I see you, I hear you. And I'm really trying to make as much noise as possible about this because I want society to see and hear you too. I want that too. We're going to raise it up. Hey, what's PMT? So this is PMS in American English, so uh, premenstrual tension rather than premenstrual stress. Okay. Yeah. Syndrome. Yeah. Syndrome. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Like what, why? Uh, but anyway, that's like why we, we call it differently in different countries, but that's incredible. And since I was a young girl, I remember doubling over and almost, you know, passing out. I was a, I didn't get my first period until I was 16. And so it was almost like my body had been building up all those years. And suddenly it was just like, here it is. They've always been quite a, I don't do anything small Hmm. by being Amy in this world. And I love that about myself. My periods aren't any different. So when, when they're here, they're big and large and they're loud. And so I, I have been on medication since I was 16 for both cramping, but also, you know, the pill for a long time to regulate. And now I'm off everything and heading into, I'm 41. So I'm right behind you. And I'm just noticing it's almost like I'm, it's like, it's like pre-peri. I don't know if that's a thing, but I was telling you before we hit record, getting some acne again. It's like my body's going through a puberty of some sort. I'm like, Okay, welcome. You know, because I think part of the part of the thing that we feel out here and 
I think you knew this about me, but I'll remind is a year ago, I left the corporate world after almost 20 years and periods were never talked about menstrual cycles, support of any kind. And it was to the point where we even had those 25 cent I crank machines for pads and tampons. My women's employee resource group and me got all of those reconfigured for the whole globe at every facility to be free. I long for a place where in the workplace, imagine where everyone's wholeheartedly supportive as if it were any other medical condition. For instance, if someone were to drop in the hallway, everyone would stop what they're doing and I'm not suggesting everyone turn and look if a woman is going through some sort of a symptom of menopause, perimonis, or even their, her regular cycle, or if she bleeds over into her clothes and things like that. But imagine if the empathy, if someone were to rush and be like, are you okay? I see this on your, your, your pants. Like, do you need something? How can I help? Rather than being like, hush, hush. Like, why is it embarrassing? Why is it shameful? Let's reclaim it. This is, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a condition, maybe in some ways it is, but it's a, it's a biological function of the body. And so can we treat it as such? Toward the end of corporate, I was kind of giving no fucks. And I was like, taking a tampon out and just holding it, not putting it in my sleeve. It's okay. Everyone knows someone who has a period. Everyone knows someone who's in perimenopause or menopause. Like let's, let's normalize it as much as possible. And I think we're getting better. Is that true? Or am I just, well, I mean, (laughs) you know, I think it depends on what circles you're running in. You know, I imagine for me and you, it's getting better. Yeah. But I'm sure for there's a a lot of other women out there that it's not. And, you know, just even to speak to what you were saying about the, the kind of the corporate world and normalizing it and all the rest of it, like this week, I've actually had to cancel things like not work not paid work where I've been letting clients down or things like this, but things for building my career. So networking events that I wanted to go to and um, a speaking club that I'm part of that I was due to give a speech to and all of that. And I've had to cancel this week. And I was actually speaking to my colleague who runs a speaking club. And I said, I'm so, so sorry. I feel so kind of flaky, pathetic, just like, you know, this is so shit basically that I've let you down And she's like, hey, look, women are unreliable. That's just the way it is. We're hormonal beings. And, you know, it may, it can, it it can have this effect. She was being very kind about it. I don't love that word, unreliable. Exactly. This, this is one of my trigger words, right? Because I'm like, shit, man, I'm being, this is what it is. This is what, this is why we want to hide it, right? Because we're already in danger in the world, in this (sighs) patriarchal world of being kind of, told that we're not good enough for whatever reasons. And then if our biology gets in the way, then that's something we can't even kind of hide. So I think a lot of women out there are really scared to tell the truth because if you're telling the truth, then you might get marked as being unreliable. And that might not be a choice that you're making consciously, but it might be one that you're biologically forced to to do. And it just really got me thinking about that whole thing of how much we have to hide who we are, what we are, what our biology is doing, because mm-hmm. for me at least, you know, there's a fear of career suicide, or if you're in the workplace, there's there's maybe a fear of not getting the promotion or or not getting the recognition that you deserve or whatever, just because you're a woman. And it's like, we need to be, like you say, normalizing it at work, recognizing that every man has a mother, a grandmother, a sister, an auntie, a girlfriend or whatever. And so it's not just women that are affected by this. And if we can kind of normalize it and put 
things into place so that the women are actually supported during this time. You'll give women the opportunity to really be magical when they can be magical and be women and biological messes when they need to be. But let's just normalize it. And it's up to the individual person of like their comfort of how much they would share in the workplace or want to share. But if I were back in the day, if I were giving a big presentation and I was having something or like I might something with my period, I would have loved the safety to say, I'm on my period. I'm having something right now. Let me step out and I'll be right back. And that was absolutely not accepted. Of course, the women out there that are, because we know all humans, both men and women are both harmed by and both perpetuate the patriarchy in a lot of different ways. The women, like the women that told you that we're unreliable, I want to sit down and have a conversation with those women and say, help me understand where that comes from in you. Because likely they've had a situation where they've been told the same. So now they're carrying that through and they're like, oh, this is what it is now. (laughs) My first reaction was like, ooh, I don't like that. But then my second thought was, well, she's felt that and learned that somewhere. So let me lend space to help her through whatever you know, she went through to to hear that. So I'm trying to think about in the workplace, turning the tables, if this something like this for a man, what do they have that they don't? Something that she used to compare this a lot. And this is what um, Jen Gunter does in her book that I mentioned before. But she says, if she ever hears something and she's not quite sure if there's a, a, a kind of patriarchal undertone to it, she always changes it instead of menopause or perimenopause or whatever to erectile dysfunction. And She's like, if I say it and it sounds absolutely absurd, then the chances are that it's it's got a patriarchal undertone to it, a, a kind of messaging that we're getting that this is unacceptable because we are women, basically. And and it works. And it's it's true. When I first started posting about my journey, I got a couple of people commenting about, should I not look at diet and exercise? Women, I should mention, should I not look at diet and exercise? and lifestyle choices and environmental toxins and things like this before I go on a synthetic hormonal journey adventure. And I thought her points were valid. I did. And I do. And I think exercise and diet and, you know, checking out your environment are things that are obviously, you know, important factors also. But I just felt like without understanding my story, she kind of came in already with what felt like a masked judgment or criticism of me somehow doing wrong because I was taking a medicalized route to try and deal with my symptoms. And again, you know, if we just think of erectile dysfunction, would you ever say to a man, have you checked your diet, your exercise, your, you know, environments in the um, toxins in the environment for why you can't get an erection? You know, would we be putting men through that kind of scrutiny before we were just offering them Viagra or whatever it was that was going to help them? So again, like you say, we're all affected by, we all perpetuate the, the the messaging of the patriarchal society. I'm very aware of that and was really glad that she opened up this conversation because I think it's women that probably need more convincing than men. Men, I think my partner, at least, he just wants me to get better. He just wants to see me okay. He doesn't care how I do it. He just wants that for me. So in a lot of ways, some of the resistance I feel is my own kind of internal womanly resistance of like I'm 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 being unnatural somehow I'm going against nature whereas actually you know you could say the cancer is natural you know any other disease that you could have is natural 
but we've chosen to find ways to combat them to give ourselves a better quality of life. So why would we not do the same if women are struggling with with the symptoms of menopause and perimenopause? Ladies listening, in general, remember that before we were even put into this world, we're ingrained with what our mothers felt, our grandmothers felt, our great grandmother, and, and so, so on and so forth. We have so much energy within us, even before we get here, of that less than being a woman. So being less than, keep that in mind with an open heart when you are experiencing these conversations, especially around health. Have an open heart and consider that not one of us is going to have the same journey, especially in in anything, but also perimenopause and menopause and lean in with curiosity and not judgment. And that's why when someone is is intentionally or unintentionally harming or judging, I never want to meet that with more harm and more judgment. And it's difficult sometimes to get it right, but it's at least I'd be like, mm, tell me more. <laughs> and just like try to, and I'm not suggesting you have to engage everyone that challenges you on yours, but that's where I feel we would get to a more open space where there could not only be more understanding, but less judgment when you meet someone doing something different than you would do in general. So thank you. I want to go to a really cool post you made recently, and I'm going to, I'm going to read all these stats because I think it's, they're, they're all really amazing. And I hadn't seen some of these before. So you posted on LinkedIn a day ago. And it's a slideshow about how are perimenopausal women really feeling? Results of a poll of 2,000 women aged between 46 and 60 carried out on behalf of Health and Her by one poll. 77% had never experienced mental health issues prior to entering this life stage. 77%. 58% reported low energy and lack of motivation. And this rises to 67% among 46 to 49 year olds. 53% suffered from low mood and depression. 50% reported anxiety. 42% reported anger and mood swings. 33% reported feelings of worthlessness. Oh, that hits my heart and my gut. Almost 25% of perimenopausal women admit to making mistakes at work and phoning in sick. 15% around one in six. All of these issues affect a woman's quality of life. Oh, Michelle. Okay. So one of the first things I thought of when I was reading this, and you mentioned this earlier, was that in late forties and fifties, men are considered in their career prime. And to your point, women, that's where we, we are needing to be also. And we're, we're really having these universal health impacts while we're trying to be at our prime. I remember in certain big meetings, there were moment executives that were having what I now know as a hot flash, but what was going around in the room was kind of snickers and sneers and what's going on in judgment and laughter. And it's like, why, why is this funny? I'm like, is she okay? And again, it was kind of more what we were talking about earlier about giving that grace and treating that woman as a human and saying, just simply, are you okay? I'll go get a water. What's up? Like, what do we need to pause for a minute? These are staggering. Imagine this is 2000 women. Imagine how the whole world feels. And if we were able to be transparent and human about it. And if I can just add to the the information to those statistics that you've got there, a lot of the menopause societies out there will say that perimenopause 
starts anywhere from early 30s right through till late 40s. And the stats that you've just read out are for women, I think, from the ages 45 to 60. So they're not even including all the other women before that. And now I'm not saying that every single woman out there who's 31, 32 is experiencing this. But if you start looking at women that kind of have more trouble getting pregnant as they get older, it's like, there's a comparison here, right? It's like, if it starts getting more difficult to get pregnant as you get older, that's because your cycle isn't operating like it used to, which at the end of the day is essentially perimenopause when things start changing, when things start not being as systematic maybe as they used to be or as as effective as they used to be or whatever. So you might not be feeling any symptoms in your early 30s, but things might be changing. But I definitely think my late 30s, I was starting to experience some of this, but I put it down to lots of other things in my life, having young kids being the, the primary reason. And I think if you look at the the age, like you say, of women, when they're going through all of these things, there's another statistic that I don't have to hand now, but there's a huge number of women that leave the workforce at this age, because they do not have the support, because they cannot handle their symptoms because they probably don't want to lie about what's going on with them. And so they'd rather just leave than actually tell the truth or keep lying or keep phoning in sick or whatever, because we're so goddamn responsible. We'd rather like leave our job than be seen as unreliable or inconsistent or flaky or any of these things. And I just look at the world and I think about the lack of female leadership representation in the top leadership positions. And again, I can't help thinking, well, you know, isn't it any it's not really a great surprise is it if, if women are not being supported through this period of their life if they're being the messaging they're getting is you have to deal with this on your own over there somewhere because you're quite inconvenient being here kind of bringing all this into the workplace it doesn't fit in with our structure and the way we do things then the messaging women are getting is that you're not welcome here yeah. and then that means that positions like I said of leadership where normally it comes with with experience and seniority then if if women can't arrive at that point because they're already kind of pushed out of the system because they're not supported somehow then this could be another factor that's really affecting the gender bias in these top kind of leadership positions and we all know the consequences and the effects of that we see the world around us in complete destruction because we don't have enough feminine energy in there balancing it out. And I'm not talking about females per se, although we're a big part of that, but this feminine energy of like allowing of flexibility, of flow, of accepting and and coexisting and co-creating and all of these beautiful things that, you know, we need the, the masculine energy, but we need the feminine energy too. And we, you know, we can't have that if we don't have more women up there in these positions. I talk about this all the time. The divine feminine is calling. Many of us are answering the call. And I try to help women that want to both stay in the workplace and both want to leave because it's not designed with us in mind. But for those that are staying, I want to help them usher in the divine feminine Mm -hmm. so that more so, and the unfortunate part in doing that is the more that we do that, the more some, not all, people that are operating so deeply in the masculine will become very insecure and unsafe if you do it too fast, too quick or too, Mm -hmm. too much, too fast. So it's like this constant kind of game to try to, to try to balance. So I love seeing when companies, there's more 
companies supporting not only menopause, but also just menstrual cycle in general, having menstruation days and things like that, because the sheer fact is that it can be debilitating and being able to take that day for yourself is so amazing. And I love some of the companies showing up in that way. Michelle, as we start to kind of wind down, what would you share with humans in general, women, men that both get what we're talking about and why it's so critical and those who think, eh, women have been doing this their entire lives. They're fine. I would just say, and I think it speaks to what you've been talking about with the divine feminine and all the rest of it. You know, you only have to look around the world right now, maybe because we have more access to information, maybe because things are reaching a a melting point. I don't know. But you only have to look around the world to say, okay, things, things are not going great. And we really need to change the systems that we're living in for everybody, not for women, not for men, not for children, not for animals, not for the environment, for everybody and everything, we really need to change things. And I think being more open to the differences between us and actually celebrating them, celebrating the diversity that we all bring to this world is where we should all be looking because within ourselves, we have that diversity and the people that are most scared and most fearful are normally the ones that are the most scared and fearful of exploring their own diversity within themselves. So I think if people are challenged by what they see around them with the people kind of changing things around them, that they really need to question, well, what is it that they're so scared about changing within themselves and start there, start with themselves because Outside is a big old scary place, whereas inside we can we can start making those small changes in ourselves. And it's those small changes that are going to impact the world around us. And I think and until we start doing that, which I think is happening, but I think we need more more people kind of recognizing that this system is broken. It's time for a new system. How can I be part of that rather than fighting against it, which is just going to be destructive for you yourself and for the people you love in your life too. Right. So when you are out in the wild, whether it be in the workplace, in a personal situation, and you might be part of a conversation or see someone going through something, lend a simple, are you okay? Mm. May I help? Mm -hmm. That's all that you need to say. And the reason I position it like that is because I don't want to suggest that we we all know everything's broken right now. So I want to, I want to lead us into a place of what we can do to start seeing the world that we want to be a part of. And, and for me, it's, it's lending that it's lending that hand or that heart or that mind and letting the other individual say, no, I'm good. Or yes, I need X, Y, Z. That is one degree of change that you can start a ripple effect in your daily world, whether it relates to perimenopause, menopause, but also anything humanity, don't just turn your head and walk away. Like just try to lean in and suggest what that human might need in that moment. And that's how you can impact change, even on the smallest level to start improving these fractured systems that we put in place and question your own definition of what professionalism is. (laughs) this notion of being perfect and professional and showing up as a buttoned up 
perfect person in this that's not attainable so let's let's look at that reconsider that and just to add on to that I think exactly what you're saying there it starts with that self-love right if you can start loving yourself your imperfections and then being gracious enough to appreciate that everybody else also has their own set of imperfections and you can start loving yourself first because I think normally when we see it in somebody else it's something within ourselves that we're actually fighting with so you know work with loving yourself first and if you see it in somebody else then just you know send them a little bit of love too because we're all just trying to do the best we can with what we've got at the end of the day right you're absolutely right there's uh, as coaches, as a fellow coach, you may experience or you may uh, appreciate this when our clients are triggered by something, it's likely it's already in them. So what is that? What What's bugging you about that? You know, what, what, how has that shown up for you? So thank you for that reminder. Michelle, where can we find you? How can we join your club? All the things. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Michelle Hallam. Then I also have Menopausing Michelle on Instagram, where you can follow my story of my HRT, MHT, HOT journey. And the Perimenopause Club, at the moment, you can join a WhatsApp group that we have. And there is a link for that where you can just click join and I will get in contact with you so that we can just have a bit of a chat before you you come into the club. And basically the club is just a place for the moment where we're sharing information, sharing resources and arranging face-to-face meetups, which will be moving into more online spaces as well as the group grows. At the moment, it's very kind of Barcelona-based, but obviously with the internet and, and the world of technology, that will be spreading out to the rest of the world. So if other people are out there not in Barcelona, then there will be online meetups coming up soon as well. That's amazing. Are women able to, so again, I'm kind of pre-Perry, would I be able to join that? I mean, the group is open to everyone. As I mentioned, I don't know if this was before we started or, or during our, our, our talk today, but I think the more information you've got about this earlier on in life, then the, the better equipped you are for it. So my daughter, who's 10, is going through puberty right now. And the fact that we can actually, we've got similar symptoms is quite hilarious and and also really nice that I can support her through her puberty because I also recognize in myself the same or similar kind of symptoms and all the rest of it. So I hope by her understanding what I'm going through, then this isn't going to be a, a phase of her life in the future that will, will phase her. It will be something that she'll understand, she'll be prepared for. So I think anyone at any age, if they're interested in coming along, it is primarily to support women who are having challenges but there's it's also a lot of information based resources as well so if you just wanted to to be able to be prepared then yes that space is also open to you I just want us more like I would just want us to be able to know more about it to be able to say the next 20 years of your life here's what might be happening and the more information and the more that we can share and just be there for one another will support us all lift us all up so thank you for what you're doing and I can't wait to join closing remarks Michelle 51% of the population are women, which means that 51% of the population will pass through this time of life. And then the other 49% are going to be connected some way or another to that other 51%. So perimenopause is something that we all need to be aware of. We all need to be 
informed about so that we can support ourselves, we can support others, and essentially we can support the evolution of society into a much better, healthier place for all. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Amy. Thank you.